Take it in a new direction. No. <laughs> Taking it no, into I, the I, 21st century, baby. No, I wasn't meaning that at all. Um, Not that there's anything wrong like with that. Like as a friend and then, <laughs> let's, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I ask myself that same question every single <laughs> week. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> are we... <laughs> How do we? How do we get? Let's we reel get back in. Reel back in. <laughs> oh no, Sean, you freeze. We'll up. just wrap. We'll just wrap this up real quick. Everyone comp- compose themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Don't, don't go on the internet. Watch TV. Read newspapers. Hit this place a geographical oddity. Two weeks from everywhere. No television. What do you do? You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. You must have had on some really nice pants. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Loose Concept, the loosest conceptual movie podcast on the internet. My name is Elijah Smith, and joining me tonight from across the internet airwaves, we have the head honcho of happy thoughts, a man of focus, commitment, and sheer will. Sean Mackey. Dude. Sean, welcome back to the program. Thanks. It's good to be back. Yeah. It's like I come back every week. <laughs> you're, you're it's, our, been, it's been a good gig. Our favorite recurring guest. <laughs> Thank you for having me. On the other, the far other end of the interset, internet, the opposite end of the uh, the universe, we have the, the kahuna of cutting edge content, the Baba Yaga of breaking down movies, oh, Rudy Rudolph. Baba Yaga. Is that a is that some other language or is that some sort of? It's a, it's a reference to uh, to the feature film of the week. You guys not paying attention? <laughs> I guess I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it's Russian. Oh, uh, for Boogeyman. Oh, that's right, the Boogeyman. I only for saw Baba the movie Yaga. yesterday, so it was hard to follow along. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not like it's like fresh in your mind or anything. <laughs> it's not like it's fresh <laughs> in my mind or anything. Um, vibes are good, but also sad. Sad. We need vibes. to talk about. We need to talk about Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Oh yeah. R.I.P. And I want to. I'd like to just start off and say that, by and large, actors and actresses, I could care less about them. Mm. They're they're usually <laughs> they have terrible takes. They live terrible lives. But Chadwick Boseman, I think, was really different. And I think that you know, first of all, the fact that he kept this so private for so long. Yeah. Um. The fact that he was doing all this work, you know, with all this going on in the background. And, and I saw this week he was, you know, visiting sick kids in hospitals. Yeah, I saw that. You know, and bringing joy to their lives while he's dealing with this incredible turmoil. And it's just like, you know, I thought he was like, you talk about someone who's like a leader and just a, a uniter. Not someone who's trying to separate but unite. Yeah. That was the guy and it just sucks that he's gone. Someone that, you know, had pretty much like a universally positive feedback, right? Like, it, yeah. it was, nobody's out on Chadwick Boseman, you know? No, I agree. I'm stupid. You're smart. And everything and by all, I was all wrong. You were like right. Terrific person too. You're the best. It's pretty, like, pretty heavy. You know, pretty heavy. Uh, you're uh, very good looking. Saturday night. Surprise. All right. I think, I think it's without a, without a doubt, 2020 will go down as the worst year <laughs> in history. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe not the worst no, year in definitely. history. <laughs> 45 yeah, is no, probably it, pretty bad, but it's there's been some bad years back in like the 40s. You yeah, know. this year sucked though, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I felt like every movie I saw Chadwick in, it was I was like, okay, it's gonna be good. Yeah. And the, and the weird the weird fact that he played Jackie Robinson in the movie 42. And then he died yeah. on Jackie Robinson Day, and he was like, yeah, I right. think he was forty three. But just you know, only special people have weird things like that happen to them. Yeah, forty two. What a great movie! I thought that was really well done, and um, really, I think it's probably one of my top baseball movies. Yeah, um, I didn't that's get all, the, like, I didn't get the chance chance to rewatch it, but I mean, I, I would think I was more just like bummed out from the perspective of what was yet to come you know like yeah what was he 43 old 43 years old is that how yeah. old he yeah he was 43 40, 43 years old like think of all the all these actors and like some of them like their best work is after that point 
and like yeah. to already have like a, a resume as stacked as his was like the next you know 40 years we're only going to be even better so it's just you know it's a shame but i know think of like old t'challa in like 30 yeah. years <laughs> like yeah. that would have been legendary but especially in his career but yeah and just helping people i mean it would have been incredible if he was able to continue to have that impact with with cancer patients and i think his legacy will really live on and yeah the stuff that he wasn't really getting probably a whole lot of press about um the fact that a lot of that stuff came out afterwards it showed that i think he was a humble guy you know really had an impact but wasn't you know super boastful it's about always, it um, it's always a shame that it takes you know someone dying at a young age for like people stopping like you know appreciate how impactful they are too Cause, yeah i hate yeah. that these are just like you look back on some of, on these roles the jackie robinson and james brown and uh he was thurgood marshall in, in a movie and he's um obviously you know the massive impact of black panther like one of the most one of the more unique of them and uh outstanding of the marvel movies and uh yeah it's like it's such an amazing career at 43 and but it's a shame that you know we don't really get to appreciate these people as much until they're gone then we have this like day of oh like how great is this really great person well it just it just teaches you you got to be appreciative for what you have while you have it and i just want to say i appreciate you guys and i love <laughs> you very much i love you guys i love you too just a big big love fest yeah i mean it is what it is it's one of the, the downsides of living in the broken world that we live in but we're kind of soldier yeah. on life is precious that's right well let's pivot to some resolution that we got on an outstanding Ooh. an outstanding issue for Ooh. the last several months of this podcast. What's that? We've been discussing it. Rudy and I finally got to experience Tenet. We are Tenet. we are oh, yeah. we are a we podcast that has that. a yeah, it's been a been a topic of conversation and uh we're a podcast where two two of the three co uh co-hosts has finally seen Tenet. Sean because because you haven't seen it yet, we're gonna refrain from discussing any spoilers, anything like that. Once you see it, we may may do a full episode breaking down. But for now, Rudy, instant first non spoiler reaction. Your, what was your first take walking out of the movie theater? <laughs> what were the vibes, dude? It's Christopher Nolan. It's the vibes were high. Okay, mm. this is the, this is <laughs> yes. the first movie I saw by myself <laughs> in in theater in theater. And walking out, okay, first of all, the immediate vibe is, this is more confusing than Inception. Yeah. Okay. The okay. follow-up vibe is, that I thought about this movie the rest of the night and half of the next day. And <laughs> wow. I just, I can't wait to see it again. This I'm, movie... I'm still thinking about it. I saw it two days ago. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's incredible, and I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't say anything else. But what did you think, Elijah? I think... My first, like, initial thoughts, walking out of the movie theater, I agree with you. That was more confusing than Inception. Definitely, my head was hurting a little bit. But at the <laughs> same time, it's just amazement that he's done it again. Like, I just, I just kept thinking that myself. Like, this guy, Christopher this Nolan, guy. he writes and directs, you know, these movies that are just, like, super huge, like, movies. They're, they're really unlike anything else that's being made right now. You know, extremely action-packed unique engaging without any of the like the trappings of what we usually see in movies you know gratuitous sex or violence you know unnecessary language it's just pretty much just like you know just a finely executed story it's really they're like it's like instant classics you know it reminds me of seeing yeah. a movie that came out you know 40 years ago but is just as modern as as any movie that's coming out now Ooh. The fact that he does Christopher Nolan does this consistently time and time again um, is just amazing. Well, yeah, and, I, and as you were saying that, I was thinking this kind of puts like guys like James Cameron to shame a little bit because <laughs> you know Christopher Nolan every every two or three years he's pumping out these yeah. all timers, and James yeah. Cameron, okay, he makes a good movie, but it takes him like ten to fifteen yeah. years to do it. Yeah, exactly. So. But yeah, James Cameron has too much of a fascination with the ocean. <laughs> he's he's all in on that. He's too busy with avatars. Like, dude, just making. He's got movies. he's got he's got rich people problems. Move on already. <laughs> Move on to space. He's like, 
He's like, I need to check out the bottom of the ocean. Let me do that yeah. for five years. We're pushing Avatar back to 2023. There's, yeah, there's going to be a time and place to, you know, get into this further and break down, you know, where this fits in the, the uh, where it fits in the legacy of Christopher Nolan movies and how the ranking is. But my initial response was very high. I mean, mm-hmm. walking out of the theater, I was stoked on it. This it's makes me like, so pumped for Batman. Robert Pattinson freaking mm. crushes yeah. i know you're not as hot on it but um it makes me so excited i'm i'm in on i'm in on our pats not as not as in on the batman but yeah it was the acting is great the the scenery is great you know just the yeah, score two thumbs two thumbs way up on it sean get to the theater as soon as you can see this movie as soon as they're, trying, they're open trying, down yeah. there um the fits the fits the the suits but shirts buttoned all the way up with no neckties under a suit jacket. Yeah, are we getting some? Are we gonna get some new style cues? John David Washington, oh, yeah. just unreal. It's great. Um, Paul Fashion. So talking about it now has got me even more hyped up about it. We I weren't know. sure if we were gonna do a whole episode on it, but I think we're gonna have to as soon as Sean sees it. We might have to break down the whole thing. So you guys might have to go see it again. Oh, I will for oh, sure. No I'm doubt. planning on it. Planning on the rewatch. Is this is this one of those movies that you go see two or three times? <laughs> Maybe like five or six times. Oh, <laughs> really? Wow. I'm two, two, two or three for sure. I'd see in theaters. Oh, like nice. that, just for that opening yeah. scene, and not to give anything away, but it's like I'm on the edge. Like I, I know that's so cliche to say on the edge of your seat. I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. I was like, this is incredible. The score, with the uh, the speed at which everything's taking place, uh, it's just. It was there's perfect. a there's a lot there to unpack, and I think it, it's a movie that'll benefit from repeated viewings. Which again is yes. you know one of the, the the best things about Christopher Nolan is he makes these movies that you can watch time and time again. I mean I've I've seen Inception probably like five or six different times. I've seen Interstellar probably three or four. Like all his movies, I've seen a bunch of times, and they hold up. And they're always they're so detailed and uh, uh, what's the meticulous? Word? Yeah, meticulous that it you know, it pays off every single time. So that's our, our little, so, so does tenant save movie theaters? That's a big question. I don't think movie theaters are ever going away. I don't know. Are you guys big, big talk? Are you out on movie theaters, Sean? No, I think that they'll survive. Just, you know, the media's pushing that, that it might, you know, be a dead model. So the amount of people in our theater <laughs> might uh, contribute to that discussion being a, you know, in the theater I was in, uh, might contribute to that thought, but I don't know. I feel like people will always want to be in a theater watching a movie with a bunch of other people, you know, on a massive screen. Yeah. I think even if it's like, even if mainstream theaters go away, like there's always going to be one theater in your town that put yeah. that plays movies, you know, it's like, it's like, there's still people that put on plays and you know, that sort of thing. So I it's, think it's, yeah. Oh, exactly. That's a good analogy. The plays thing, you know, they didn't stop doing theater when uh, when movie theaters came out, you know. Yeah. The theater. There's still a place for the theater. The theater. And actors. So, we'll see. No, guys, you got me super hyped. You better not let me down. I would say, like, normally I'd be afraid of hyping something up too much for some someone. But this movie, I like. You can't be hyped. I went in with extremely high expectations and it, it met them. So, whoa! Only downside was uh, let's go. No, uh, no Dune trailer in my my yeah. my showing. So a little little disappointed with that. Oh. I don't know what happened there. We were supposed to get one. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they heavily publicized beforehand that there's gonna be there's gonna be a Dune the first uh, Dune teaser trailer is gonna be before before Tenet, and apparently Rudy got one. Okay, you did get yeah, one. Yeah. So I Elijah texted me saying it's like. I'm really here for the Dune trailer. I'm just here for the Dune trailer. And uh, I saw, it's like, get ready for Dune. And then it shows, like, a a brief scene with Timothy Chalamet. And then, like, a bunch of, like, all the characters. Like, it shows, you know, (laughs) Batista and Zendaya. All the one-namers. Javier. Bardem. Yeah, Javier. uh, Momoa. It's a crazy cast. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, uh, Jace. What's the other guy? Uh, he was Jason in Deadpool Tatum. Too. <laughs> Who? Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Jason Statham's <laughs> not in that movie, is he? <laughs> no, I said Jason Tatum. It's suddenly like you're gonna say Jason. 
go Celtics. Yeah, yeah, so they just like showed them in their outfits, and that was it. It wasn't. It wasn't really a. Tra- it wasn't a trailer. It was more of like a teaser. And Rudy texts me immediately afterward. He's like, "That was it." Meanwhile, I wasn't going to go to a late. I was going to a later showing than Rudy, so he's just going to text me a bunch of spoilers while it's happening. Had to had to stop him in his tracks. I would have done that. <laughs> Dude, relax. I haven't seen it till six thirty. So that's our tenant recap. Everyone, if you can go see Tenet, it's worth it. Worth sitting in the theater with a mask on your face. Worth the you know fifteen bucks or whatever it is for an outrageously priced movie ticket. If there's an ever a movie to see in theaters, this is the one. It's great. Christopher Nolan does it again. That's the official loose concept first take. Let's keep this show rolling. Keep this train rolling. Love it. Love it. It's time to talk about our trailer of the week. This was one initially introduced to us by Rudy. Yeah. This movie's called Asbestos Homes. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is not. Enola. Enola Holmes. A week ago, I awoke. Mother? To find that my mother was missing, and she did not return. I'm presently on the way to collect my brothers, Mycroft and Sherlock. Yes, Sherlock Holmes. The famous detective, my genius brother. He will have all the answers. Enola. Where's your hat and your gloves? Well, I have a hat. Just makes my head itch. And I have no gloves. My God. A wild woman brought up a wild child. Who will make her acceptable for society? She seems intelligent. There are two paths you can take, Enola. Yours, or the path others choose for you. It is time to find my mother. The game is afoot. If I have to stay hidden from my brothers, I must become something unexpected. A lady. (laughs) You've progressed nicely. Is she safe? She's our company. I'm Viscount Tewksbury. Her useless boy. You have to help me. I'm not ready to die on a train. I'm not ready to die at all, and I was going to before I met you. What are you planning, Mother? She always had a reason for everything. Her own way of doing things. Perhaps she wants to change the world. Perhaps it's a world that needs changing. Enola Holmes is a story of... Sherlock Holmes' teen sister, discovering that her mother is missing, she sets off to find her, becoming a super sleuth in her own right as she outwits her famous brother and unravels a dangerous conspiracy around a mysterious young lord. Starring Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, Sam Claffin, Helena Bonham Carter as the mom. So some some heavy hitters here. How are we feeling about the Enola Holmes trailer, boys? I usually like anything with Sherlock Holmes, um, so I think it'll be good. You're all in on the, Ho- in. the Holmes-averse? Yeah. Big Sherlock Holmes universe fan. Yeah. So, looks good. Same here. I'm all in. I really like Millie Bobby really? Brown, too. I think she's like... Do you guys watch... Did you watch Stranger Things? Yes. Yeah, I'm not I'm not super in on Millie Bobby Brown, but I think this, you know, she, she does a good job. What don't you here. like about Millie Bobby Brown, Sean? I've just, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I uh, really have a specific specific reason. I'm just not really a big uh, big fan. I think she's a little oh. one dimensional in uh, Stranger Things. For, Maybe uh, I just haven't seen her enough. I don't did know. you not see Godzilla: King of the Monsters? I did not. So maybe I need to I catch up either. on some some Millie <laughs> Bobby Brown. You guys missing out on the movie movie of the century. I, mean, I thought she I thought she was good as eleven. I thought she was good at eleven. Maybe I'm too hard on her. <laughs> well, we'll see. I think I'm out. I'm not really. I don't really have anything against Millie Bobby Brown as a person. I'm just. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of Sherlock Holmes content out there. I don't know if I really needed more of it. And uh, I'm just kind of out on preteen teenage actors as a whole. Not really trying to watch any more <laughs> teenage actors in movies, so that's my take on that. Such a boomer take. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, such old a, people in my movies. Such an old man take. 
That's fair enough. I got you. It's not sexist, though. I mean, I don't really want to see any teens, male or female, of any kind. <laughs> Just keep the teens out of my out of my movies, please. I think this is going to be on damage control. I think that's like a, no, that's like a long standing. I've had that take for a long time. We've talked about preteen actors before. It's funny because we talk about preteen actors, but then every time we talk, it's like, usually they're bad, but this guy did a really great job with the role. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. So maybe, maybe we'll be proved wrong once again. Maybe Millie Bobby Brown will just crush this, knock it out of the park. (laughs) Well, I think it's got some promise. Okay. Okay. You're, you're pivoting, it's a, it's slowly it's a pivoting. Classic Sean, classic Sean. Like wait, wait. <laughs> oh, um, love it. Let's. Well, this this is a good topic to uh, transition into uh, to transition into the movie news of the week. Um, there's a story going around regarding Sherlock Holmes, not Enola Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, the. Uh, the Guy Ritchie directed trilogy of uh, Robert Downey Jr. slash Jude Law vehicles. Um, they're making a third one, apparently. And uh, apparently, Robert Downey Jr. wants Johnny Depp to be in it. Interesting. That's right. We're uh, so we're pivoting. Yeah, I can I can I can get behind that. Maybe people are a little bit exhausted. There's there has been a lot of content. I'm looking at like will ferrell had that one i think that bomb yeah yeah holmes and watson or something um, is that called yeah so according to we got this com, robert downey jr is reportedly pushing yeah, for very reputable for John, yeah very reputable robert downey jr is reportedly pushing for johnny depp to have a sherlock holmes three role apparently robert downey, robert downey jr and uh johnny depp go way back Robert Downey Jr. notably also had a very uh, troubled, some troubled periods in his career that he was able to bounce back from with a uh, big, big role as Iron Man. Mm. So apparently, both Robert Downey Jr. and his wife are pushing for uh, Johnny Depp to make an appearance in the upcoming Sherlock Holmes three. Yeah, no, I think that would be a good team. Um, we're trying to. What are we trying to do? We're trying to make a Mycroft. Ooh, I don't know. I think there is a. Isn't there a Mycroft already in those movies? Like I don't know who he would be. Maybe a new villain. Yeah, I would. I would. I was thinking a villain route, but it could be one of those things where you kind of introduce him as a friend and then become something more. Ends up. Sherlock. Yeah. he's a love yeah. interest for Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> no. How do you so so? What's the verdict? How do we feel on a Johnny Depp appearance in Sherlock Holmes movies? I, I mean, are we are we in or out on the Sherlock the RDJ Sherlock Holmes movies as a whole? I think they're largely good. Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Rudy, you're nodding, but the pe- this is an audio format, so people can't hear a nod. Just True. letting just letting you know. When I should I when I nod, should I bang my head against the mic so that you could hear the nod? Yeah, yeah. Dum, dum. All right, I think it's time. Oh, there it is. Do you hear it? <gasps> Far off in the distance. <laughs> there, he, there he is. Oh, he, I he, can see him. The dust. He's, he's, com- he's coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Pony Express back <laughs> back from the dead. We were a little worried after last week. We thought maybe people didn't care. People didn't listen. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we've got a we've got quite <laughs> we've got quite a long long interview from one of our uh, one of our established uh, Canadian listeners. Guys, the trick is working. We're our attempts to reach out and to broaden into the Canadian market have really been successful. We got our first uh, first first Pony Express message from a Canadian listener. So. We're going to uh, dive into this. I'm not really sure how to break this down. Wow. The power of the internet. <laughs> the power of the internet. That's right. We're not, we're not a top 150. We're not the 155th film and review <laughs> podcast in Canada for nothing. Okay. This is, <laughs> this is really long. <laughs> I'm just going to read it to you. I don't, here's, <laughs> here's how it, it to us. Okay. So here's how it starts out. In parentheses, it said, it says, Read this in a reporter voice and switch to interviewee voice when in quotes. (laughs) So this is from a reporter. Writing to you live from the Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, (laughs) 
The official loose concept corporal of Canadian content collaboration in parentheses LC5 is here with another edition of Loose Comments, where the comments are loose and the regularity of the segments is even looser. Let's see what these kindly Canucks are saying. Second second year medical student and occasional listener Carly, because her husband makes her, says, quote, classic, artsy, niche, bougie, end quote. Bougie. Regarding Rudy, Sean, and Elijah's top twenty lists, respectively. Oh, I see. So, so apparently, Rudy, your your list is classic. Sean's list is artsy, and my list is quote niche slash bougie. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Love it. Guess that checks out. Line it up. Checks out. Yeah, that <laughs> this is checks with, out. Uh, back to our our intrepid reporter here from Canada, former <laughs> former Okanogan Valley resident, fellow media <laughs> content creator, and known poutine demolisher. Adam says, "Quote, lol, lol. This is great steaming. This is a great steaming hot pod." Quote, smiley face, <laughs> so funny. End quote. I love Adam. <laughs> One tall and handsome random interview, he says, quote, not sure what that one listener was saying a couple episodes ago about that coastal elitist Greg. The content we really need more of is that Canadian guy. Talk about quality content, and it's just nice to be resent- represented, eh? End quote. Very well said, ransom handsome interviewee. This is the longest email we've ever gotten. <laughs> Next, further emph- further emphasizing the growing proper popularity of, fa- of, of fan this mail from Canada. Wait, yeah. it's not done. It's not done. There's more. Further emphasizing the growing popularity of this steaming hot pod. A shorter and less handsome random interviewee says, "Quote, sorry, the what concept?" End quote. Haha, <laughs> so loose, my man, so loose. And on that concept, <laughs> let's get back to your host. Signing off here in the Balls Falls, Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> These have been some loosely gathered comments. <laughs> I have been the I have been the official loose concept corporal of Canadian content collaboration. Sorry, keep it loose. Wow. But wait, there's more. P.S. Here are some more names so for the good. Canadian Thank fan you, base. Canada. The Moose Conceptuals. The Canadian oh. Loose, like the Canadian Goose. Northern Conceptuals. Loose Conceptians. Loose Canceptuals, loose Canadians. <laughs> There's more. PPS. The Pony Express rider will probably need a dog sled for his Canadian deliveries. Oh. Okay, I think we need to end right there, wow. folks. <laughs> I think the podcast is done. That was the best. That was far and away the best. The best Pony, Pony Express, Express we've ever gotten. Love the Moose Conceptuals. Oh my gosh, bravo, bravo, listener. They're doing oh, a lot man. up there in Canada. That I think, was terrific. I think we're going to have to have our intrepid uh, reporter um, <laughs> send us a voicemail next time with all, with all that content in it, because there was oh a lot there. But yeah. Incredible. Bravo. Incredible email. It's a good uh, mini segment within our segment. Oh, like man. It. Right? Shouts to, <laughs> shouts to all the moose conceptuals up there. <laughs> Keeping it moose. Shout out to Canada. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I think yeah. the goal of this podcast, for me at least, is to just make me laugh once a week, <laughs> and... Yeah, goal accomplished. Mission accomplished. Wow. All right. Well, on that note, I don't really know. What, I don't really have any comments on any of that. <laughs> it was, it there's was there's a comments, lot there. So. I might have to digest that as long as it's taken me to digest Tenet. Man, that was some content. All right, I think I think we're ready. I think yeah, we're prepped. I think it's time to get to get into the feature film of the week. This week, we will be breaking down John Wick. I lost everything. It's not what you did, son. It's who you did it to. That nobody? That nobody. It's John Wick. On October 24th. Hey, John. People keep asking if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. John Wick. How good's your laundry? No one's that good. It's October 24th. Let's get into it. John Wick. John Wick. This is the story of an ex-hitman who comes out of retirement to track down the gangsters that killed his dog and took everything from him. This is a 
2014 Keanu Reeves vehicle um, directed by Chad Stahelski, Chad Stalski, and uh, David Leitch. Um, Chad Stahelski, fun fact, not to get into the miscellaneous content at the end, but uh, he was actually was a stunt person for Keanu, I believe. That's where he sort of got his his uh, oh, interesting feet under him was as Keanu's stuntman and then became a director and got Keanu to star in his film which whew, let's start off with best best and worst Sean as our leadoff hitter best part about John Wick best part of John Wick's gotta be just the intense action sequences that just mm. knock it out of the park I mean mm-hmm. Keanu is just at his best he he, mm. he, he looks like he just came mm. from the movie Matrix. I mean, he's just going crazy without any gravity-defying sequences. Um, it's just incredible. Um, I think the choreography is pretty amazing. Um, very, I think it, it's one of those movies when it came out, it was sort of, um, there wasn't a lot of this like sort of neo-noir action thriller. Um, and I feel like it's made its little space in the movie sphere, um, yeah, I guess the, been very the genre they call this is uh, is gung f- gun fu. It's, it's like karate with gun guns. Fu. That's funny. Love. I it. feel like that's which, Keanu's like whole career. Yeah, which makes yeah. a lot of sense when you think about it. Yeah, I think that was the first time the word cinematography has been used on this podcast. I'm sorry, <laughs> not cinematography. Uh, what's the word you used? Choreography. Choreography. Dang. See, I'm so into film, man. Just cinematography. <laughs> Yeah, choreography. Way to slide that in there, Sean. I, I, I literally couldn't see you know anybody else play John Wick. Um, I think it's just it's like his one of those I think role defining. Um, audio of, audio you know, only format. Career. The uh, the listeners can't see. I Rudy think making, of him making as faces. John Wick. Maybe uh, maybe giving what? away his hand yeah, or recast a role. <laughs> the no the noise that I make with the face. Huh? Yeah. Oh. Is that foreshadowing for recast? You better not take Keanu away from this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can. It's his birthday today, dude. I know. Happy birthday, Keanu. Shouts to Keanu. Yeah, we're recording this live on Keanu's birthday. Shouts to the legend, Keanu. Sean, couldn't agree more. Um, Just a masterpiece. Keanu's great in it. Sort of, I wasn't sure where to slide this in, but I have a... uh, Keanu Reeves is like the actor equivalent to Tom Petty in court in terms of like career wise. And there's like <laughs> landmarks, there's like landmarks that line up with Tom Petty and like the, the ever present, just like always good, just like a great modern actor in the same way that Tom Petty was just like a great modern rock star. He just sticks to the basics, but these like, He's in different. He's in a bunch of different eras. He's in, you know, he's got the Bill and Ted's Point Break breakout era, which is kind of like the Tom Petty first few albums, American Girl, Breakdown, you know, and then then he's got the the second period with Matrix, where it's like, boom, this is Keanu, the movie star, Speed, Matrix, you know, sort of that this new second era, action star Keanu, just you know, great. Then he goes through a little bit of a phase, just like you know Tom Petty did, where you know some of the, there's not as many not as many hits. You know, it's a little some some rougher years. There's some some years there where the, the albums are slim. There's not as many hits, but then he comes back roaring. He's got Free Fallen. He's got the Wildflowers album. This is this is the late late period career Tom Petty. You know, just turning out turning out hit after hit. He's got you know content for days. So that's just Love a little com- had to sneak that in somewhere. But love, that's one of the reasons I love Keanu. He's got all these different phases of his career where he's consistently good, just in the same way that Tom Petty has all these phases where he's consistently good and is consistently like you know up there with the you know whatever, whoever the hottest actors are. Yeah, that was, that was a sweet little Keanu Reeves, uh, Keanu Reeves take. That little, uh, <laughs> side street. Um, to me, Sorry. the best part of this movie was the. Um, the business, the biz, the business of being a hitman. I thought they did such a. I thought it was such an interesting and like fresh take on that inner sanctum. Like usually, it's usually either really dark or like way too comical. But this one was like kind of like a very professional. Like you have the the hotel where you know every, all the hitmen stay. You have the cleaning Dinner service that you call. For Twelve. Yep, 
it's just it's great yeah. i love that's the scene where the cop shows up and he's like <laughs> hey john he's like hey jimmy you working again and there's like a dead body laying <laughs> yeah. on, the, on, the, on his floor just it's like, just oh, like bye yeah that whole the whole like the business it's i, I love it okay okay i think the best part for me is just like we talk about a I always say how the, the perfect movie length is 90 minutes, and this is, like, right there. It's like, I think it's, like, an hour 37 this comes in at, and it's just, like, it's the perfect way to make a movie where you feel like a lot of things happen, but it's still a short period of time, and it keeps rolling. There's no, like, downtime. You're pretty much always going, but it's moving through all these different places, the different locations, different types of scenes, different types of movies. There's There's a little bit of comedy. There's a little bit of action. You know, well, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of, like... You know, some drama, some tension there, some thrills and suspense. And it, it does all this at, like, such a fast clip. And it's so, like, concise and clean and, like, boom, 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 boom. Here's the movie. Chop, chop, chop. Like, boom. That's it. And I think that's that's really what makes this such a good movie to me is just the, the precision. It's a very precise movie. No, like, wasted air. As well as, like, killing me on the when we get to cut a scene out of scene because it's, you know, it feels like every moment is there for a reason and there's no extraneous, you know, long moments or scenes. But I'm going to pivot into the worst. And this actually goes against what Rudy was saying was the best. I actually think the, uh, the whole, like, uh, guild or whatever of assassins and, like, this, like, underworld, you know, this whole, like... Uh, there's like a lot of like mythology it feels like that goes with it to me like that's the worst part like I don't really care I like I like the business what? aspect of it how they keep it all professional really? but but like the this like you know the thing with the coins and the you know the like the like all the what's the word mythology uh, all the lore yeah the, like the lore. the lore and mythology behind it is just like the backstories that you don't know yeah, it's like uh, I, don't, I don't know if I really need that. I just want to see a guy. I like you know, that part. Yeah, the like, gold coin exchange. Like that's just the coolest. I think you thing. need like, to have that to have it be a fran- The fact that it isn't just one movie; it's a franchise. I think allows you to find out if it was just sort of a straightforward like action movie without all that. I think it could get a little boring. Um, the fact that they're coming with a fourth one, and I think they might even do a fifth one. Um, I think allows them to. To delve more into that and reveal more of it as as the, the franchise expands, so I liked that part of it. I liked how they have like all these services, like the doctor will come visit you twenty four seven. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I movie, do like I do movie. like that stuff, but I think I guess the business aspect is different than like the mythology aspect. I guess is what I'm trying to say. This like you're not into the bad boys of business. No, I'm I'm into the bad. I'm into the seriously bad. There they are, the, the bad boys of business. But I'm I'm more out on the like, I don't know. I guess it's more it's more foreshadowing of what's to come in the other movies, like the whole like you know, he goes on some like yeah. mythic quest in the third one to like have his fingers chopped off or something. I don't know. <laughs> the first like little oh, yeah. traces of that start you know popping up in this one and to me that's just like the worst part. i don't know this is pretty much a perfect movie so i'm just sort of picking nits here to like you know just complaining about things that don't really bother me that much because it's just such a great movie but got it got it. that's the worst section so you got to get through it worst part he never gets his car back he's got that uh-huh. sick boss 429 true it's an awesome car american classic and there's no like retribution like he doesn't he, he doesn't ever get, his dog's dead he gets a new dog but his dog's dead and he never gets his car back yeah sucks maybe that's the moral of the story though you know <clears throat> everything sucks then you die <laughs> everything sucks then you die <clears throat> no revenge like revenge doesn't get you back what you uh what you were seeking it just doesn't make you, you whole but he does get a new dog he gets a much more john wick dog than that wimpy little than the beagle beagle that he had how yeah. dare you slander that beagle god rest his soul rip in peace yeah i was surprised you didn't say the worst part was the dog slaying because that's like a classic elijah i mean part. it goes without saying it goes without saying that is the worst the absolute worst part of the movie but it's part of what makes the uh everything else john wick does so like powerful because it it feels deserved because they killed that dog <laughs> it was just a dog 
I would say the worst part is um, uh, the actor's name is Dean Win- Winters. He's the you know AT and or Allstate uh, mayhem. mayhem guy. Mayhem, yeah. Uh, but in the in the movie, his name is Avi, and I think he's just the worst part of the movie. He's <laughs> and anything that comes out of that guy's mouth, he's like it's so cringy and like weird. Like at the end, he doesn't even have a gun. Like how are, how are you involved with the criminal underbelly of New York City? And you don't carry a gun. <laughs> It and is it's just of, like he keeps asking for a gun. They just know how to use it. There's just <laughs> everything that guy said was just awful. I just think that there are some cringy parts in the movie, and I and I think any part that's cringy is something that is the worst in it. And his whole character, I think, is the defining moment of the cringe is just wiping him out. And I think the levels will come down. I don't know that it's cringy. It's just more like, what purpose is this character serving? You know, like it's, it's, it's like, hey, can I like leave? Uh, can you say character. it in English? It's like, dude, you work for a Russian mob boss. Like, take some Rosetta Stone or Duolingo. <laughs> like, get with the program. Download You're gonna have to know Duolingo. some of this stuff. Couldn't agree more, so, Sean. Anyway, I just think think he was awful, and I don't know who casted him. I don't know who wrote his his uh, part, but it was it was bad. So Very is, glaring in the real. Is he your uh, cut a scene out of scene? Are we going to transition into that here? Oh no, I have another part for that. <laughs> so what I'm cutting out is uh, Miss Perkins' character. Uh. Um, like her whole scene, I feel like they're. It, I don't know. It's just convoluted. Um, there's One not less a women clear in this like enemy <laughs> besides you know Vigo and his son, played by Alfie Allen. I would add that the son is a little bit more in, uh, intimidating because um, he's yeah. kind of just this weak character that it seems like John Wick's like almost it's like too easy to like catch him. And I think the movie kind of fills in that that weak character of like he can't really protect himself. He has at least like 500 people die because he killed a dog and stole a car. Um, and I feel like that was a little weak part of it is that he just like acts like a child and is like, like such an easy target for john you, wick you need that because he he's the he's so clearly the type of guy that would kill a dog you know like this guy who's like so like insecure in his own you know masculinity that he feels he has to kill a dog to like exert some strength yeah i'm just saying i i would i would want him to have kind of vigo's type hubris um to be able to back hubris. up like his first appearance a- his of the word hubris. Just, the well, he's just a little weak, and and he has like Miss Perkins, and then um, even William Defoe's character Marcus starts. You know, they they start picking up the bounty, um, and so I felt like it was a little bit of not a, and maybe they're trying to go with maybe a nuanced villain, but I felt like there was it was kind of you know would William Defoe, who's kind of sort of his friend, would he really Lem. just take up? Um, would he take up this contract just to get four million dollars or anything? You know, whatever it is. Um, and Miss Perkins knows the rules not to kill anybody in the hotel. So why would you do it? You know, you kind of know that you're going to get killed if you get caught. So anyway, I thought that part just could gotten cut out, like the whole like assassin contract thing. Um, and um, but that's how you get the, introduced you know, to this assassins. under underworld of assassins and this the you know sort of what Rudy's saying the business side it's of it. Like born with all the uh, different. Yeah, no, I, I can see why they're doing the contract, you know, thing. Maybe just bring in somebody who could actually, you know, be a a true nemesis uh, to John Wick. Because he just, I mean, he just goes through people like crazy. Wow. I mean, Adrian, it's just like the body count is huge. Adrian Palick, Palicki catching strays from Sean here. She's not a true nemesis for Keanu. Okay, so what are yeah. we adding then, Sean? So what we're adding, I think, because if you, you know, foreshadowing a little bit into the second and third chapter, but I would like a little bit more of a background with um, Keanu and his wife, Helen, um, because we don't, I mean, we just got a small video. I know it's trying to be a little bit just ambiguous with, like, what the relationship was like, and I think... You know, they were probably meaning to have a whole franchise, but I want a little bit more of like seeing the softer side of John. Like you see it a little bit with him having mm-hmm. a puppy, but it's so much. He, his character is almost one-dimensional and just like ruthless mm-hmm. that I would like to see a little bit of him as a normal person. Um, so I think if you introduce with a little bit more of like Helen and him kind of living a life, maybe 
five or ten minutes because we want to keep the runtime short in Elijah's world. But <laughs> that's what I would add. <laughs> An hour and a half. It's all any movie ever needs to be. But you need that a little bit with this movie because it's a little bit uh, it's just run and gun. No, that's that's exactly. the beauty. So, that's the anyway, beauty of it. That's my take. It's not bogged down by any of that romantic emotional nonsense content. <laughs> it's just headshots. <laughs> a lot of headshots. I'm cutting out the final fight scene between Keanu and Vigo. I didn't really understand it because yeah, okay. the whole purpose is like John Wick versus this punk kid trying to kill this punk kid. Yeah. So I have to feel like they could have ended the movie in a more dramatic way right after he kills the kid mm-hmm. in a more dramatic way rather than just like shooting him mid-sentence <laughs> so yeah. i'm cutting out that whole last scene where he's fighting vigo and in its place I'm, I'm adding a little bit of emotion i want a little bit of a a montage with the dog <laughs> um i okay. feel like it just you know it's it's the next day right it's a, one day after getting the dog the guys come and freaking kill it and there's like, you know, I understand like the emotional connection to it being that it's a gift. Yeah, you want to see more of that softer wife. side. Yeah. Well, like even just not even the softer side, but but build a relationship between him and the dog so that it means more when it's dead. Like, I, I, Well, it's a puppy. Yeah, but it's I... a relationship you need. See, now they killed the puppy, man. I know, but I feel like it's still not like enough to kill somebody over. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're bizarre. Okay. You, want, you want some like part-time dog park... You know, dog yeah. tosh. Walking, walking down dog the tosh. street. Go to dog tosh. Yep. Go get him a dog. Puppy in the rain. Puppy the... in the rain. Putting him in the in the coat. Yeah. Some of that stuff. Yep. All that. <laughs> Maybe picking up chicks with the puppy in the park. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> yeah. He's at his wife's funeral one day. The next day, he's picking up chicks in the park. Um. So my my cut a scene out of scene. I'm a. Uh, I'm cutting out. It's re- really like because this movie's so great and pretty much perfect. There, what I'm cutting out is there's only like this tiny scene where the the son of the mafia guy Yosef or whatever you want to, whatever his name is he's in the bathhouse and he's running out of the bathhouse and he runs th- behind this glass thing and John Wick shoots at him three times and misses three times. Doesn't really like make sense with the rest of the movie because John Wick doesn't miss like a single time for yeah. the rest of the movies and that he would miss this guy three times doesn't really make sense so i'm just cutting that out he doesn't get the shot at him so he doesn't miss the shot at him you know whatever it's very short i want to add some more some more conversations with people like regular world people you know i think that like we were talking okay. the conversation with the cop is so great it's awesome i would love to have any of those scenes where he's just sort of like interacting with other people keanu is just like such an interesting person that he seems like detached and he's just sort of weird and like oh more of that so like love it him like bumping into someone when he's running down a street or something like i don't know anything him where him dropping his clothes off of the dry ordering a hot dog yeah exactly something like that yeah Yeah. ordering hot dog going to the laundromat getting in a cab he runs into a friend from college you know anything like that calls in an uber after something yeah (laughs) that's my addison some more some more real world content they sprinkle it in uh with the later movies as well just some more additional scenes like that but to me those are the ones that you know, just sort of uh, provide the most uh, laughs, I guess. So yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good. Let's ad. uh, let's pivot into then recast a role. This is a segment where we uh, take a role and we recast it with a new actor. Rudy, why don't you actually start this one off for us? Oh, thanks, you teased Elijah. it. You teased it from the jump. Why don't oh, you? Yeah. You know, the people are on the edge of their no. seats waiting to hear this. Hear this recast. Let's hear it. No, Drop the bomb. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I can't do it. I won't. Do Come it. on. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? Let's hear it. You're doing it. I'm not doing it. Are you I'm gonna do, do it? No, I'm not doing it. Go ahead. You do I know it. You want to do? I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> what? What? We, what? Would be interesting. <laughs> would be a recast of John Wick. Oh Lick. no, Keanu Reeves! How dare you! Oh, it's always. It would be interesting. Blasphemy! No, I'm, I'm not going to put. In there? I'm not putting Nick Cage in Keanu Reeves' place. Okay. I'm actually. Fine, I'll do it. I'm going. I'm going along the lines of what Sean was saying with that mayhem. Mayhem. Mayhem's gone. Okay, mm. I'm, I'm taking out uh, Dean Winters. Yeah, Mayhem needs to leave. He, he's out of, this, out of this movie. And I'm putting in someone a little bit tougher, a little more manly, a little balder. 
I want Vin Diesel in that role. Ooh. <laughs> I want Vin Diesel, okay. the man of few words, playing. Yeah. I want him having a Russian accent. He's like, he's like Vigo's like brother, like cousin or something. I'd love to <laughs> see Vin Diesel cousin. butchering a Russian accent. Yes, in this yes, movie. exactly. Uh, and he's like the he's like the final boss that Keanu has to defeat before he takes on Vigo. Okay, okay, I dig that. I dig that. I like I would that. Love to see, I'd love to see Vin in this movie. I would put a cherry on top <laughs> for Elijah. My recasserole <laughs> is... Well, I'm going to do a couple things here. We're doing a couple <laughs> oh, things. Oh, here. here we go. I oh, do. Whoa, 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 Adri- whoa. Adrian Paliki, sorry. You're great, whatever. You know, keep doing your thing. <laughs> you're but you're, you're out of this movie. I'm putting... <laughs> the mayhem guy in that role i'm getting rid of that that role he's playing now and i'm putting him in that role either instead and he's gonna play a guy named mayhem from, who's in the all-state commercials and he's actually an assassin who's in the all-state commercials so that's my one my one move is that all-state is that what he's with all-state nationwide state farm state farm oh i think it was all-state <laughs> He does some car insurance. Yeah, get all state. I guess we just do so movies with guys that are previous uh, insurance uh, spokespeople, Wait. right? Last week it was J.K. Simmons. This week it's oh, yeah. Mayhem. <laughs> what will be next week? Next is week Flo- we're going to be breaking, breaking down that uh, Denzel Washington guy who's in the Nationwide commercials with the deep Ford. voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, so that, that's, that's my one thing. I'm I'm getting rid of that role, moving him over to the Adrian uh, Paliki role, and she's getting cut out of the movie. And my my second role is a recast. Oh, you're doing two. Okay. My other recast. I got no. I got three. I got three in the works for you. So just hold three. on. Hold on. No, we were allowed to do three. Well, you can do as many as you want. There's no limit on the no limit on the recast. I'm I'm pulling out Vigo. He's fine. Whatever. Like yeah. He's good, no, good Russian mobster that. guy. He's fine, whatever. I'm putting someone a little more strange. We're going John Malkovich. I know I Ooh. like want to cast John Malkovich as a villain in like every movie, but I th- always think he's great as a villain. Especially he get he could bring back his uh, Teddy KGB ac- accent from uh, from Rounders. Bring it Love back. It. Get it. <laughs> pull it out of the out of the garage and uh, give it for, give it another spin. I think there, there's some pen- potential there. And uh, or my other op- my other option for that was Vigo Mortensen only because his name is Vigo. Love it. But I kind of like it. He's the best. He's in that. He's in that movie uh, Eastern Promises where he actually plays like a Russian gangster, I think. So he's got the experience. So Vigo Mortensen and John Malkovich for that one. Either one, potential. And then lastly, Willem Dafoe. He's great. I love Willem Dafoe as much as the next oh. guy. What? But Nick Cage playing Marcus. <laughs> he would be a great Marcus. I had okay. to get him in there somewhere. And I think if he's going to be in this movie, that's the role he's playing. It's sort of a low-key yeah. role for him. <laughs> you keep it maybe towards later on in the movie where it's a little bit more of like a surprise. Like, oh, Nick Cage is in this movie? Sort of a deal. And, uh, yeah, Nick Cage is Marcus. So those are my three, three recasts. Okay. Love it. Interesting. Let's move some ask- actors around here, Sean. Who you got? Yeah, I like to move around some people. Um, so I like Willem Dafoe. I think his whole character can be taken out of this movie as Marcus. Oh. I think it's kind of a little bit of a distraction. Like he's his friend, but he's also trying to shoot him, but he also is needed to kind of help him. Um, so in that critical scene where he escapes being strangulated or... Uh, strangled whatever that they were doing with a bag suffocated um uh, strangled <laughs> strangled suffocated i was mixing i was, I was <laughs> mixing strangled and suffocated it's been a long day strangulated um, but i love <laughs> i love the hotel manager lance reddick um and i think it would be awesome um as kind of a a cool team up um in this first movie is if he is the one that makes that shot um yes and just is very elusive like out of nowhere in that nobody knows who he is yeah and he's just kind of you know hired um by uh john wick's character because he's kind of like you know sets up all these services for him so i think it'd be good if he like you could pay him to like be your i don't know kind of support (laughs) system if you're like yeah backup so i think 
it would be awesome if um, you would get rid of Marcus. But then you have Willem Dafoe. He signed up. He's on the lot. You know, he's filming. <laughs> I think it would be awesome to put Willem Dafoe in as Vigo. Uh, um, because, I thought about you know, that. I don't even know I how to pronounce this guy's it. last name. Michael Navit- Navikis. Mm. He looks more Nyquist. like the son. Nyquist. Nyquist. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 good. But I'm like, if you have Willem Dafoe, he's in like three or four scenes. And he's an incredible actor. Yeah, I want him to be him. the villain. If you're going to use him up, yeah, you're wasting him. So, I think that was a poor Dude, casting I, choice. And I just think Marcus's character is kind of useless. So, put in the hotel manager. They have a deeper bond after this. Which leads into the second movie. And I just think that that would tie things up. Make it a lot mm-hmm. cleaner. And uh, okay. you get some, some good acting chops from uh, Willem Dafoe. Love it. I don't um, Lance love it, Riddick. But I don't hate it. I love it. I think first of all, yeah, Sean's right. You, you don't get enough of him, and he he looks more like the father of Yosef than the Vigo guy does. Current Vigo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but to to the Lance Riddick uh, comment, dude, that guy's a Bosch. He's he's the police, <laughs> police chief in Bosch. So I saw dude, him. I maybe like, I oh, need sick. to watch Bosch. You got to watch Bosch. But he's it got this like ridiculous. He's got this ridiculous, like, Jamaican accent that's, like, it's on 75% of the time, and he doesn't have that in Bosch. He's got this amazing, deep voice. I don't know why they did that to it. Like, yeah, uh, you do it a bit, uh, Jamaican <laughs> right. accent. It's, like, stupid. Is that what it is? It's Jamaican? Or it's an, like, it sounds like an Islander. Accent. I thought it was, like, know. African or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's good, but I don't know that he's good, like... I don't know, like, if he'd be good in, like, extended exposure. Because he's in John Wick 3 a lot. And I just don't, I think he loses some of the, like, intrigue, you know? No, I'm all in on him. Okay. <laughs> I just think he he adds that, like, he's so calm. And, like, John Wick, I mean, I, I guess with all these things that you see at that hotel. But he, I just like his calming force. Because it always yeah. seems like John Wick's a little, like, disheveled. Like, he's always like, what's going on? Uh, do you guys do dry cleaning? He's always like showing up in like a mess. <laughs> um, never knows where his car is. Uh, I don't know when he eats. And I think he would just add like this, you know, like a like a Watson and Holmes. If we're going back to Sherlock Holmes, I think he provides. He would provide like that calming force to to help John Wick when John Wick's going crazy. Um, I guess so. I don't know. I think so. that's the appeal of John Wick is that he's just like a tornado. He's he's sheer will. Mm, oh, I yeah. I used it in the intro that he's a man of focus, commitment, and sheer will. The guy says, which I think is like I don't know. I don't. I feel like if you have another guy there with him, it just dilutes that dilutes John Wick. Like his him being a loner is part of what's so compelling. But who knows? We'll never see this. Never see this hypothetical movie with all these roles switched <laughs> around. So it doesn't really matter. None of this. Maybe really John matters. Wick four. Who knows? <laughs> never say never. This podcast really means nothing. Let's uh, let's let's wrap it up. And before we go, uh, any miscellaneous thoughts, questions? This is where I was initially going to use my Keanu slash Tom Petty uh, comparison, but uh, I I dropped it earlier, so now I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I got a quick one. Um, John Wick is preparing to face off against these uh, people that are coming to kill him after they kill his dog and leave him for ransom. And he puts on his suit, and he puts on his tie, and he puts on his belt, and he puts on his dress shoes. And he has to, like, do all this gymnastics around his house. Why didn't he put on his, you know, joggers and a t-shirt and some and some athletic running shoes so that he could put on some better ro- maneuver on some the house? running shoes. You know, he's, like, he was so constricted. Unless he's wearing stretchy suits. Like, is John Wick wearing a stretchy suit? Yeah, I think they're performance suits. <laughs> Like these are these are these, knows, are these are nylon. Fabrics. John Wick knows a crucial nugget of wisdom that has been passed down through the ages that maybe you're not aware of, but it's the fact that you look good, you feel good, and if you feel good, you <laughs> perform good, and that's the key. Is he knows like if he gets that suit on, like it's going down. He's gonna be at peak performance levels, <laughs> and uh, that's why he gets dressed up. You're not you're not you're not behaving that way when you're just wearing some like some athleisure garments you know like you gotta, you gotta look if, fresh what if he wore one of those like full body suits like you know the green man in always sunny philadelphia <laughs> just like except it's black so he just like blends into the shadows he just dances around the house 
<laughs> the thing is, he is he's been doing this his whole career, and he still wears a white dress shirt. It's like you know that's gonna get blood on you. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're never gonna, and you're never gonna be able to get it out. So like, no, I, you can never know. get it out. I think he's that's, like you said, he's a little rusty. He's he's was retired. He's you wear to get the back into you wear it, the light so. colored shirt to show the blood to make them more afraid of you. It's gamesmanship. Gamesmanship. Uh, yeah. Uh, my yeah, it's I on a, a different level than me. I don't even understand it. I had a quick quick miscellaneous question: Is uh, are there any James Bond movies that are better than John this John Wick movie? Because I think no. What? Yeah. I think this me? this blows pretty much every every James Bond movie out of the water. I think it blows Bond no. movies out of the water. It's the uh, Dude, this I don't peak, get you. I feel peak like action film. I be I begin no. to come around. You know, you 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 throw out these crazy takes. I'm like, okay, I guess he's kind of maybe he's got a point here. Maybe he's got a point there. But then you say something so ridiculous. As that. I don't think that's that that's ridiculous crazy. of a no, statement. There's not, it's, it's better than every, every single, single James Bond, Bond movie. movie is better than this. I think what? every no, that's not true. That's not true. Every Bourne movie is better than this, and I think half of the James Bond movies are better than this. Nah, not true. Not true. Not even seventy-five percent. If you want to make an argument that like Skyfall is better than this, uh, like fine, whatever. I I'll concede that. But it, you know, I can't think of all any the other. Da- all the Daniel Craig ones are better than this. No, no, no way. Not even close. You kidding me? Not even close. Yes, and all the Sean Connerys. No, what? What? What is? What is? What does John Wick have that James Bond doesn't have? It has. It has Keanu Reeves and ninety minutes of just like pure, full steam ahead action. There's no like, like mysterious guy who's gonna hack the spy database and release the names of spies or something. Like no, it's just like, this is a guy that killed his dog and he's gonna take down the entire Russian mob. Like. This is the movie. It's the same thing. Like, it's like saying it's like saying it's not as good as Tenet. It's better than Tenet because Tenet makes you think a lot. I don't think that's true. I think it's no. like it, it. It's a good. It's good for what it is, but it's not better than James Bond. Like it's good. Like you walk away from this movie and you I have mean, no really, more thoughts. Really, John Wick is a <laughs> the John Wick movie is like the epitome of <laughs> is the epitome of like um, it's like a humanitarian movie. <laughs> humanitarian. The fact that John Wick is ridding New York City of the Russian mob. I can see that as being a little bit more of a a good cause um, rather than maybe some of the James Bond movies, but I don't know. I don't think these movies are super rewatchable because it's like you got to be in a certain mindset to just watch 500 people be killed. (laughs) Headshot after headshot after headshot. I mean that's that's fine. Yeah. That's that's just a valid. A like, that's a valid. I'm, uh, I'm issue, pulling this out on a Thursday night. Maybe you're not. I am. Any movie with Keanu. I don't know. I just think it, it's better as far as like action films go. I think this is a better action film than any of the Bournes, any of the Bonds. Maybe like no. two or two or three Should, of the Mission Impossible. There's not even a good car. There's not even a good car chase scene in it. We could take a vote. <laughs> Name one good car action sequence that that's in this movie. The scene where he's pulling his car out of yeah. the driveway. What? No, where he's driving in the car around that like shipping yard. It's he's like backing up and like he backs into them and then he like he's that's not the a car, car sequence. He's hitting thing, people with his car. The guy out the window. No, and that was he was driving that's the not worst a car sequence. He's just. He was driving the worst car in the He's movie. He's just killing people with his car. Well, <laughs> well, well, I guess we'll, we'll just leave this with agree to disagree, but uh, I'm right. You guys are wrong. You're wrong. You know you're losing. That's why we're going to turn this off. This is the best, the best action film of maybe the last... Uh, it's better than all those ones. We'll just leave it at that. No, it's not. Uh, if you, if you want to take any issue with uh, my thoughts on this matter, please uh, leave a review. But as lo- just rate us as five stars, and then just you know, make as many claims as you want on uh, iTunes. I don't know if you can re- leave reviews on Spotify. Uh, you can follow us on social media at uh, on Instagram at Loose Concept Pod. Uh, you can send us a message there about how wrong Rudy and Sean are, and how John Wick really is the best action movie out of those three franchises. Um, and uh, you can write us, write us a letter too. That's really the best way to get in, get in take, and uh, let out your uh, your anger at our takes here. Loseconceptpod at gmail.com. 
the letter will ride in on the Pony Express. And we promise to read it as long as we don't have another uh, 300 word one from the, our intrepid Canadian reporter. If we get another one of those, I think we should start an, an, its own podcast. A new segment. Just around those. We're yeah. going to do a new segment with like voice actors and stuff. That's great. Yes. Well, before we sign off for good, next week on the podcast, we're going to be breaking down a deep cut by request of our special guest for next week. That's right. Next week's special guest episode, we're going to be talking about the um, much maligned, possibly underrated uh, sci-fi film, John Carter of Mars. Another John movie. Another John. We're having January of Johns. In September. But we're just doing it in September. (laughs) In in September. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. And... uh, (laughs) Be sure to uh, always keep it loose. Keep it loose. <laughs> keep it conceptual, y'all. Dude, I think we have to have Sean on a 10-second delay. Yeah, those episode. those last few comments from Sean, I'm just going to leave the delay in. I won't even edit it out. <laughs> that was perfect. I had a bad experience. Damn it. Do I really look like a guy with a human?